Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Peace and blessings and welcome to another edition of the How Now podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin Raymond. I am a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves, mind, body, and spirit. This is June 2021, and it is Pride Month. And so we want to talk about pride and the strides that have been made during this Pride Month. Okay, first, we want to talk a little bit about how the history of the uh, Pride celebration started. It started back in 1994 by Rodney Wilson. He was a high school teacher in Missouri. And um, he came out publicly and founded the LGBT History Month. That's what it was called initially back in October. And it focused on uh, providing role models and building community and representing civil rights and contributions of the LGBTQ community. But we know that in June, or actually June 1st of this year, Joe Biden signed a proclamation proclaiming June as the LGBTQ plus Pride Month. And he said, and I quote, recognizing the achievements of the LGBTQ plus community to celebrate the great diversity of the American people and to wave their flags of pride high. So I'm excited to be able to celebrate with my special guests, uh, you know, to talk about pride and strides that we have seen in pride. So before we jump in, as is customary with the How Now podcast, I'm going to have my guests to introduce themselves. Okay, so hello everyone. I am Larnika Lablis, AKA Linky Love. Uh, I am a licensed professional counselor supervisor. I work in public school as a mental health counselor. I do an online program and I have my own private practice. So awesome. And you are, you are coming to us live from the state of Texas, correct? State oh, wow. of Texas, yes, yeah. in all of its heat. <laughs> hey, Texas. All right, <laughs> all right, Ronaldo. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ronaldo Thompson. I work for International Franchise Support Center in the greater area of Atlanta um, in the child care industry. Um, you can call me Rennie, Ronaldo, anything. <laughs> call him Fly for those of y'all who see that jacket, okay? I'm feeling I know that jacket. jacket is, I need it to go with my top. It matches. We match. <laughs> okay, Rick. Um, I am Rick Ludell. I am the on-air promotions and traffic manager at ATL PBA, the local PBS station here in town. I'm also one of the on-air anchor talents that's there too. I'm the one who's always asking for money. And when you guys see me, you're always pushing the fast forward button going, oh, not him again. And this is my husband, Rick. I'm the other Rick. Uh, I work at retail, which has been kind of challenging lately. Yeah. Uh, I've been walking dogs for some friends. We do a lot of pet sitting. So that's about it. <laughs> that's the house of Ricks. Okay. That's the house of the two and Ricks. we have been together 26 years. 26 years. You just recently uh, celebrated an anniversary, didn't you? Yes, in May. Our co- I, what I, we call the cohabitation anniversary. Oh. May, 20, May 20th. The, the, yeah, May 20th is what I moved down here to move in with a 26 years ago. I know. Wow. 26 a full, years. A full head of my hair. Oh. <laughs> well, that's okay. He's got some hair on his head, so y'all can yeah, show yeah, He yeah. never had hair. He never had hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, welcome. I am so thrilled to have all of you here joining me today to talk about uh, Pride Month. You know, I, I would be remiss of me not to, you know, have an episode to talk about the strides, the things that we've been seeing because the social climate and the political, clim- political climate has been mm. as such with, with gender and race issues. We've had so many things that we were going to prior to this pandemic, which stopped the world for a little while. And, and you know, I want to talk a little bit about that first. You know, what was going on for you all, you know, doing right prior to the pandemic because we were going through an election season 
we were going, you know, through the transfer of, of a new administration. And so there was some, some, some social and political issues that were going on in the LGBTQ community. So to talk a little bit about what, what, what that experience was for you personally. And we can start with anyone. Okay, well, for me personally, I advocate for mental health. Um, so during this time, I know maybe a little bit before we had the bathroom bill, there were some um, issues with the trans community. I know the military, whether they were going to be allowed in the military or if they were going to pay for uh, any uh, hormonal treatments or something, that was one of the hot topics that was going on along with like just so much. I can't even right. remember. But it was, it was a lot of stuff, but everything seemed to be uh, rolled into one. And it seems that we were coming together for all of it, whether it was an immigration issue, whether it was an LGBT issue, uh, Black Lives Matter, that was still going on before right. it blew up with, with George Floyd. That, you know, right. they, we had some folks that uh, were killed prior to that particular incident that people were just like, let's march for all of it. Let's just do it. Right. And for me, um, through mental health, my aim was to empower uh, queer trans people of color. I have a support group that's called uh, Queer Trans People of Color, Cutie Pox Southeast Texas, where it helps to empower um, individuals where they are. You know, I, I grew up in a small town uh, south of Port Arthur, Texas, and a lot of people would leave that area and go to Houston where they can get lost and they can maybe do more without having to deal with any backlash, you know. So my work was trying to uh, get people to uh, be empowered where they were. You don't have to leave to go to the big city to feel like you have a voice. You can have a voice right where you are. Right. That's phenomenal. And then do you, did you happen to have any of, of your clients who uh, were, uh, you know, of the uh, LGBTQ community that, that you were working with prior to the pandemic? Or have you seen a little bit of a surge in any of your clients? You know, because I know you said you work in the in the schools and we know that young people are experiencing these things as well. Yes, definitely. Um, it seems that when the pandemic hit, and I guess as these political, I think right when the Black Lives Matter, that whole movement during the summer, it seems like here comes the, the clientele. Like everyone is right. like the LGBT community was like, hey, that's you. Here we come. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, come on. I got you. Come on, let's 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 make this happen. I, I totally understand. There's a lot of stress yeah. and a lot of mental anguish with yeah. viewing the death over and over and over again. Right. Um, people whose friends may have been of different uh, cultural identities to see how they really felt about them on social media when yeah. folks would yeah. say like, "Hey, this is horrible," and then you would get some negative rebuttal. That's like, oh goodness, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you really feel about me. Right, right. So I can imagine. I mean, like you said, that that's been that's been uh, the situation. Like I said, there's been so much uh, of a of a push, especially for diversity, equity, and inclusion. We, we, those have been the buzzwords of the day. You know, yes. when you start talking about things like that. But uh, I want to also hear from from Rick and Ronaldo. Ronaldo, what were some of the things that you were experiencing, or, or, or things that were going on for you personally during that time? Um, I would say that part of the pandemic, I felt alone. Mm. Um, I have family that live in South Carolina, so I'm in the Atlanta area by myself. So just not being able to do the day-to-day -day things that I like to do with everything being shut down due to the stay-at-home order or businesses closing, um, I feel like I learned myself more like how I feel, what makes me happy, how can I survive on my own? I'm not a chef. I don't know how to cook. Uh, <laughs> just that everyday thing, not being able to go out was kind of really hard for me. So I started to learn self-care. Yeah. Yeah. What makes me happy. So um, I didn't have any of those resources to reach out to like talk to anyone um, besides like family. And that was kind of like how we started this Zoom thing of seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Just like you said, it's hard to be in a city and, and to move from a small town and, and to go into a bigger scene, just like you said, not have the support. And then, you know, to feel alone and then have everything shut down and you're just like, oh, what do I do, you know? And, and who can I tap into? So, so I think that, uh, 
you know, were, were there any support groups or anyone that you tried to reach out to during that time? Um, I would say that the support person that I have is actually someone I'm talking to now and we're dating. Oh, okay. So I started a COVID relationship. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And I mean, th th that's what happens. You just try to find people, you know, I think we, we're always looking for people to connect with and, and to find those, those, those similarities that we have and, and using that to, to, you know, to help to, to navigate us through any situation that we have. So just like you said, I know there's been a lot of COVID relationships that have started, but, but I know that uh, as, as Lanika was saying as well, there are a lot of, of groups that have, have arrived, uh, have arised out of this because people are looking for people. They're looking for that support. They're yeah. looking to figure out what to do when they don't know what to do themselves. So, you know, that's definitely important. Okay, Ricks. What about you guys? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you go. <laughs> for me, yeah. For me, nothing ever really changed. I mean, I, I, I became an essential employee. I became, I was at work all the time. The week before the pandemic shut the world down, right. they let go of, they were restructuring the, my company. And I was lucky that I got a job, still had a job. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden they let my assistant go. And all of a sudden, my hours went from 40 hours a week up to about 70 hours a week. Wow. So I felt like I missed the whole pandemic and it's just hang out with Rick <laughs> while he was home. Sorry. But I had to keep it, uh, the TV station on the air. Right. And that was one of the things was to keep this going and be, I became customer service. I was talking to people on the other end of the line. If something came up that, oh, why are we airing this show? Because, you know it's self-help, why we, we don't need to be told what to do to make ourselves help, healthy. Right. And then I would say, well, let's keep talking. You know, I would be hearing the anguish in these people's voices. And Larnika, you probably understand it really well because you're sitting there, you're the other, you're the voice at the other end of the phone. Right. And all of a sudden our, what should be a five minute conversation became 15, 20, 30 minutes, yeah. just so you're a different voice at the end of the phone. Right. And Trust me, I got into some political conversations that I'm on one side, they were on the other side, but we wanted, they wanted to air their views because PBS, as we know, leans to the left a little bit. Right. Why are we leaning that way? Why? I said, because we have to show the truth. Right. And that's where, because of the <laughs> disgraced ex-president, right. um, people didn't believe that, that he, they believed he was telling the truth. And I'm like, no. Right. You know, but I said, we, I, and we always ended that conversation with the people that were on the opposite side. Let's agree to disagree. Right. And let's keep going forward and please become a sustaining member. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's but, right. That, that, but one of the, I feel like I missed the pandemic. I missed everything because I was at work the whole time. Right. And believe me, for everybody out there, I am not upset that I had a job. I am very lucky and I'm very blessed that I kept working because my sense of normalcy was I got up, right. I went to work, I, I uh, we shut the doors to everybody. So any interviews and everything were done through Zoom or done through an ISDN line. Right. Um, my friend Rose Scott, who does her show Closer Look, a lot of it was just you know pre-recorded, just right. kind of like doing like a podcast, but it still went on the air. Um, so business as usual just kept going on. Right. Even though this world was falling apart, even though we had an administration that didn't respect the LGBTQ community, right. we kept plugging forward. Right. So what I think is, oh, go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm just like, but for him, it's like I missed, like I said, I missed my time being at home. I would leave right. at like 1030 or 11 and get home at 11 o'clock at night. Maybe we'd watch Will and Grace on, <laughs> on We'd have maybe an hour or two of the evening to eat late right. and then he'd fall asleep on the couch. Right. This is it. But right. <laughs> we'd be next to each other for a couple of hours. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, but, but and I love that you all are talking about the experiences that you have, because just like, like Rick was saying, you all are essential, essential workers. You all still had things to do. You all still had roles to play in your various professions that, that were important and that were critical and, and that helped to bridge the gap, you know? And, and, and when I think about the, you know, sensitivity issues that we've been having with gender and race, you know, I, I, you all are blessed to be in, in organizations that respect you 
and your choices and 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 your lifestyles. And we saw, of course, you know, during the during the course of, of this pandemic and with all of the the things that have been going on, that that not everybody has been making no. the choices of you know a lot of people having to to cut uh, employment you know in half and 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 downsizing and people who are uh, you know, moving their businesses and what have you overseas. You know, we've seen a lot of people have to be cut. And we've seen that some people have been cut for, for you know, uh, their, their beliefs, for their race, for their gender. And that's been something that's been so sensitive. And, and I've noticed, of course, now, like I said a little earlier, the buzzwords have been DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, those are the buzzwords of the day. Everyone is saying them now. Everybody's trying to seek training. Everyone's trying to seek sensitivity training because honestly, and, and, and this is just my opinion, I have never experienced such a lack of empathy mm-hmm. across the board for, for, for people and their feelings towards this pandemic, towards other races, towards other genders. You know, I have never experienced it at the heightened level that it's been at, you know, during during this pandemic time. And, and just, I think that's huge. Yeah. I mean, no, just, just, say, just a lack of respect for other people. Yes. I mean, the whole mask issue. Yes. I, I just felt that you wear a mask to protect yourself and also to protect other people. That's right. And why is that such a hard concept that people right. don't want to protect themselves and other people? Right. I, right. I just, I had a really hard time with that because I worked retail. Mm-hmm. So I was out in the public. I mean, mm-hmm. we shut down for a couple of months when it first started. Right. And of course he started working more. I was home all the time okay. <laughs> for right. a couple of months. And then I went back to work for four months. And then unfortunately, Pier 1 closed for good. Right. So we kind of, the pandemic shut down our company. Uh, While I was working last summer, uh, it was a challenge being out in the public all the time and dealing with the public and, uh, you know, being a little bit worried about it because he was in the office where he wasn't really connected with anybody. And I was out with the public all the time. Right. Uh, But, I mean, it, it worked out. It, it worked out yeah, and um, would. we <laughs> again have our hour or two at the end of the day together right. and then Sundays together because yeah. he would usually yeah. take Sunday off. That was yeah. his lazy day. <laughs> and we would just lay in bed, watch Golden Girls, just be lazy and it. spend time together. But our experiences were so different because he started working more and he was more essential. Right. And I ended up, like I said, for two months, not working at all. Yeah. And then I was working part time until the company shut down totally. Yeah. So well, it has been a challenge. It has been such a yeah. challenge to, to, to try to make that transition for a lot of us. And just yeah. like you said, those who had really social, I mean, social positions that required them to be in contact with several people during the course of the day, all of a sudden to not have that. I'm sure right. it was just, I mean, you know, that's like me. I'm a hugger and you can't hug anybody. Yeah. It's just like, wow, you know. I was like, just lay me down because I, I need to touch people. I need to touch, and I can't, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's, it's a challenge. I was gonna say, of, you, uh-huh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Kim. One of the things I miss is because of Kaiser being shut down or not having the classes, is I think for us having those open, honest conversations, we would have been talking about George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Rayshard Brooks. We would have had those conversations of yes. how you guys are feeling and educating me. I'm, educating me and everybody else of not of a person of color of talking about this because that's one of the things i've missed so much is the open and honest conversations that we have in class and after class that's right that's right and i miss those things too i mean just like you said it's 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 important for us to be able to to have that open space to have platforms like this to have those conversations because when we're left to our own devices you know, if we're if we're not educating ourselves and we're not uh, taking time to to you know better understand the things that are going on around us, then you know we we start developing our own thoughts, and sometimes they may not be necessarily as accurate as they should be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, Ronaldo. 
Um, and just to be educated in each other, when you're speaking like you say a lifestyle, I think that that's something that makes the LGBTQ community frowned upon because when we are labeled as being gay as a lifestyle, it's kind of like it's a choice. Right. I feel like it's not a choice, it's who we are as people. Right. So I just wanted to educate everyone who's listening to this. Like, it's not a lifestyle. We didn't wake up and say, oh, I want to be gay today. Um, I feel like when people do lifestyles, like, oh, I'm going to be a fitness trainer, or, oh, I'm going to be a stylist, or I'm just going to be flashy every day. That's the lifestyle. This is who I am as a person. Right. Right. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And that, that, I am so glad that you brought that up because that's exactly what I'm talking about. We don't always know the right term. Everybody's so worried about being politically correct then you have people who just, you know, we use terms because we don't know other terms to use, but just like you're saying, it's not a lifestyle. It's who you are. Yeah. And you're right. It's not something that you put on and take off at the end of the day. That's who you are. And so I appreciate you saying that. I know, Linky, you had something else that you wanted to say. I don't want to leave anyone else out, but yes, that's right. We don't clap for you. We clap for you. Thank you. Rick was like, yay. Okay, Linky. <laughs> you know, I was just saying it, it seemed like all the filters were gone when people were saying such politically incorrect things yeah. about any genre, any group of people. It looked like it just it just all came out. Um, and part of that could be because the sense of normalcy that we had right. was gone. People had no control over anything. Unfortunately, people were passing away left and right, right. you know, and I think it may have given a giving people a sense of doomsday. All right, if I'm going to die, I'm going to say what, what's been on my mind all this time. Right. And it's, it was some horrible stuff, you know, to really uh, see humanity. You know, you had one, one group that was helpful, that was always helping, you know, how can we donate? What can we do to help people? How can we, uh, you know, get information through to people about resources or whatever that might be available to, we just don't care. We don't care who you are, what you are. Uh, we, are we ain't wearing masks. You, you, we feel like slaves. I'm like, really? Right. Okay. You know, it, it was just the ugly side of, of humanity, period. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. Like I said, I've just never seen things so, so, you know, like I said, that lack of empathy. And that's been something that, that's hard to digest because, because we can't understand and we can't move forward if we're so close-minded about things. You know what I'm saying? I just want to make sure, Rick, did you have something you wanted to say? I just want to no, make sure that. I thought, yeah, I thought he Okay. And I know there's many levels for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've been schooled by the girls at work. <laughs> yes. Yes. But just like you said, it's been, it's been hard to, to, um, you know, try to focus in on on, you know, what's the, what's the best course of action, you know? And, and, and when we talk about the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community and we're talking about, you know, yes, we're celebrating a month, you know, we can liken it to Black History Month. It's just one month we're gonna talk about this because there's only one month that we wanna celebrate this. We, we, we are happy for, for, you know, bringing awareness, you know, but is, is that enough? Is it just enough to say one month is a month that we want to celebrate? Or is it, you know, something that we should be, you know, incorporating into our lives on a daily basis? Do we want our children to, to be raised and not, you know, and, and to be short-sighted on the things that are going on around them? Here's one thing that our programmers once said, and I, this resonated so well. When we came up to Black History Month, I think it was like 2001 or 2002, our programmers said, yes, it's Black History Month, but every month should be Black History Month. She goes, every month should be Jewish History Month. Every month should be Native American, Asia Pacific, LGBTQ. We should be programming that. Everybody should be educating all throughout the year, That's not just one day. Right. And I think it's Henry Louis Gates, you know, he does a lot of stuff, Finding Your Roots, um, African-Americans, Many Rivers to Cross. He does a lot of great Black history programming. Right. And he always said the same thing, that every day should be Black History Education Day. Right. That because there's so much history for for, for y'all that has not been told, like the Tulsa the Tulsa massacre. Right. Thanks to Regina King from Watchmen to doing that, I never knew about that. Right. And all of a sudden, in the past year, that has brought a lot to light. Right. right. I mean, it wasn't taught in schools. I'm 59 now, 
I never heard about that in any of the history books at all. Right. right. And talk about history, any any gay history too. And I was on LGBTQ history. Me going to Parkland and get my master's in educational leadership, I always think about like what the generation after me will be taught in school. I'm pretty sure they're going to teach about the pandemic, right. um, the election. But do anyone think that in the history book they're going to talk about the massacre at the Club Hope that happened yeah. five years ago? Like I feel like that's something that I would want my children to learn about. But I'm not sure that will be in the history book. When you talk to your friend or colleague, do they even know about that? Right. I do. I don't know. I'm today years old on that. I, I would say it's a negative because if they're trying to rewrite the history of slavery to make uh, it seem like that yeah. we were indentured servants, I can guarantee you they won't talk about posts. It's a shame they need to, but if you if you're wanting to make America look like we didn't have blemishes and and and, huh. and bad stuff that happened, then you know, all, all, are they going to talk about the pandemic really? You know, if you look at it, they wanted to make it seem like we're just squeaky clean. We just did everything right. And, you know, everything's wonderful. And yeah, I think that's, that's it was, that wasn't it. When we were doing this podcast, because Club Pulse was a place of like joy and acceptance. So when you think about like now it's like unspeakable pain. So when we're living day to day, it's kind of like when we speak about stuff, will it be to joy or will it hurt others from our conversation? Right. Right. And that's something that's important. And then just like even when you talk about about statues being erected, you know, where some people is their history. And if other people it's a reminder of the pain that they that they suffered, are we honoring that or are we honoring the individual in history? And there are so many, you know, ways that that the information that is put out there is received and it's who is presenting that that information. And is it going to be presented in a way that is going to, you know, be neutral and that it's not, it's not showing, you know, it's not leaning to the left or to the right. Like Rick was saying, you know, a certain broadcast and things like that. You never know what direction it's coming from. So you mm. want to make sure that, that when, when the information is being shared or when we have platforms like this, that we're, that we're giving a, pers a perspective that's not skewed and that is being told by the people who experienced it. You know, because I think that's the huge thing. You know, if you're a person who has just been, you know, you you observed it, you you have a certain bias. If you're a person who has experienced it and has lived through it and, and understands the consequence of it, then, then you know, you're you're in a better position to express that information. So so that's something that I think that I that my my prayer is that platforms like this will do. It will bring knowledge to people bring people you know an understanding of of what it is that that someone has to go through on a day-to-day -day basis you know so we're talking about you know how it is affecting you all now you know now that they've done this proclamation now that they're talking about doing things like diversity and, and you know equity and inclusion and they're talking about you know how it's affecting people where do we go from here that's the question for me. Where do we go from here? What what is it? What is it going to look like in the future? We continue to tell our story. You know, that's one thing about as is with Black History Month, the same with Pride uh, Month. We continue to talk about our history. We continue to make history. We continue to empower others. You know. My, my group and the advocacy work that I've done in the community was not just geared towards June. You know, this is a continuum. You know, we have programs and things. Now COVID kind of messes up a little bit and many people went to a virtual platform, right. which I think actually wasn't bad because we did get a chance to reach a lot of people. People were at home kind of stuck in the pandemic, unable to go out. So we, we put some stuff out there, you know, um, participating with some things that Pride of Houston did. Uh, Cutie Pop Houston put some things together uh, where I didn't know how, you know, I, I participated with them. And they were like, uh, HRC has some stuff. There was a lot of grassroots LGBTQ uh, advocates that you, you probably won't hear about that's doing phenomenal work where it comes to HIV, uh, homelessness, uh, with, with children, 
you know, just uh, families, just many, many different things out there. What should happen is that mainstream kind of peep in and see, hey, what are we doing as opposed to peeping in and wanting to uh, bash us? We're actually doing great work. You know, yeah, we party, we celebrate, we have a great time. But trust me, <laughs> on the other side of that, we're doing a lot of work in the community. You know, we work hard. We work diligently. You know, we don't get any pats on the back. If we get some grant money to help us, fine. But most of the time, it's us raising our own money, doing yeah. whatever we need to do to help each other in our community. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, I know uh, because Ronaldo and I uh, have instance to work with one another. Uh, we, we see some strides just in in how uh, our families are addressed. You know, we we used to talk about parents as a as a as a mom and a dad, and and we would we would you know that's what our uh, all of our uh, any well, any of our activities they tend to lean towards parents. Now we have a family communication board, and we know that there are differences in how parents. I mean, how how our guardians or parents. Or families look, and so they they've kind of gotten or moved away from from that terminology and talk about families and and talk about how they look different, and that's something that's that's significant, and it's something that we need to continue to push because families don't look the same anymore, and, and we want our children as in you know we work in 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 preschool, you know, and so you know trying to bring those those activities try to bring those those uh you know instances to our families to let them know that we understand that there are differences and we want our children to to embrace them and not to look at them as something different you know from from their own families it's a family it's a unit family consists of different people and and you know we want to make sure that we're doing that as well correct Ronaldo yeah. I would say um, when you ask like where we go here from now, I do think we're evolving or we're going in the right direction. Um, during the pandemic, I came addicted to this show on Netflix called Pose, and yes. now one on Fox. And I felt like they taught me so much more that I did not know about the community or the lifestyle in the 80s or the 90s. Um, that I felt like if I just had someone that was older than me to kind of like mentor or coach or just tell me how it was or what I'm privileged to because I feel like now we're very privileged compared to what everyone experienced back in the day. Right. Because definitely 1994 when when they were doing LGBTQ month, I'm sure it was different from 2021. Correct. You know? yeah. And I mean I'm sure Rick, you all are, you know, you're you're our, our veterans here and you're, <laughs> you're older. <We're> old. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, old. no, but you look damn good. Okay, we're just gonna let's go there. Okay, yeah. Mama said moisturize. Mama said moisturize. <laughs> but yes, but but you said, but but you had instance to 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 see significant changes or, or see how things have evolved. Correct. I think one of the things is um, the fact of adopting or having children, because our generation, the old, I think guys that are fifty-five or up. Uh, above the thought of having a child was never entered into the vocabulary right. it because we were deemed deviants and that you know not good for raising children when you look at half the people out there that are having kids and beating the crud out of them right. and i think that's one of the things like rick's sister sometimes said i just wanted to be an aunt or an auntie right. so well, she just said to me one time she goes i always thought you'd be a good dad you could still be a dad and this was when we were like 48. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. We're getting a little bit old for that. Yeah. But when we met at 32, we didn't think it was an option. That was 1994. We never, so mentally, we never thought of that as an option. So we lived our lives as, as uh, normal, the typical uh, gay men. Unencumbered, yeah. you know, no children, <laughs> living our lives for ourselves. Right. And some people think that's selfish, but Back then, we didn't think we had that. I mean, I don't know that we would have adopted a child, but it just wasn't an option for us. Now, things are a lot a different. Lot. And, you know. And piggybacking on what he's saying, um, I went up Memorial Day weekend. I went to a friend's house, friend's home in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. They had fostered a child and then adopted Leland. So when they got Leland, he was about 18 months, and now Leland's eight years old. 
Okay. And at they have a swimming pool and they decide to have a pool party. On Sunday was three other couples with their just male couples and their sons. And it was just amazing that one of the dads said, they don't have to explain to anybody else where mommy is, that they mm-hmm. know that it's just dad and dad. Right. And it was the love that these guys had for their sons and for each other's. It's like these boys are growing up to almost to be cousins. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you have, to, I had to step away and have like a good cry because it's like how far we've come. That's the right. fact that this, and I know there's lesbian couples that have the same thing that's yep. doing the same thing that the kids don't have to ask where daddy is that all they know is it's mommy and mommy. That's that right. This is their normal. This is their normalcy. That's right. And that's I think right. that's how far, I think that's what we've come for. Wow. And then I think, I think it's with the trans community now is for all those of us that aren't trans to understand their mindset, to understand where they're coming from, to be more sympathetic to them and not look at them as like, Oh yeah, you don't have that. You're not like us. So where, where are you standing? So I think the, thanks to the show pose, it's it's put so much out there that we can start understanding and start having those conversations but well, I was going to say, since we've been together, even within the LGBTQ plus community, did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's changed so much since we were first together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when we were first together back in the 90s, you didn't really hear about trans and, and uh, different pronouns and things yeah. of how people refer to themselves and within our community we don't all understand each other and we just have to be open to it. Like we want the rest of the world to be open to us. Well, we have to be open to the trans and the, the, the other factions that are coming out and being, you know, becoming more open and celebratory. It's there's just so many different facets of the gay community. It's, you know, it's, I was going to say, you, you make an excellent point because that's true. Everybody just makes the assumption that, you know, it's the LGBTQ community and everybody understands everything about that community. And you're just like, I don't know what that means. Either. Some people oh, know no. all the acronyms and they're like, I don't even know myself. But, but <laughs> you know, but, but there, go, there again goes some of the ignorance that comes along. We just make the assumption that, you know, all black people know about all black people. Do we? Yeah, right. Of course not. You know, so all people that that you know fall under the LGBTQ community don't know everything about themselves. And you know, like we're sitting there, like, oh, you don't know about that. Well, you know, what kind of person? Are you? I mean, nobody's yeah, pulling my black card because I don't know everything about every black person under the sun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So your card's not going to get pulled. You know what I'm saying? People, people. You know, it's a, it's about education. It's about exposure. It's about, like you said, creating. Spaces where where these questions can be answered and no one is shunned, and because yeah. we're seeing it, you know, occurring younger and younger, and I know uh, Lincoln can probably speak to this as well. Yeah. You know that that we have young people that are experiencing, you know, these these, uh, you know, well, they or they're being shunned the differences for for being different, or 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 for being told that oh well, you know, you're too young to understand. There are just so many things that come along with that. So there is, you know, just not only the social and the committal uh, and, and political, but also the emotional aspects, you know, that come along with that. And and definitely in working, in, I've been working in education for about 12 years and I've seen uh, a lot of advances and I've seen some of those advances bring up uh, a lot of ugliness, mm-hmm. you know, now, kids who are uh, trans or even Mm non-binary they're able to have a voice be visible because you know before they had to hide who they were and everything and now the subject comes up in school where well I go by a different name I have different pronouns could you please call me by these pronouns or call me by that name now when I was in school if a boy name was William, you called him Bill, and that was fine. No one had a or problem Bill with it. Right. William is Bill. But if you have a, a girl named uh, uh, Josephine, and she wants to be called Joseph, well, then that becomes an issue. And then do we call them? Call them on in, and let's see what they're talking about. Or, you know, but I can say the district where I work at now, and the campus that I work on now, uh, since school has been prolonged a little bit because we started late, 
we have a GSA and we celebrated Pride Week. We at least had a week. They allowed us a week to celebrate Pride. You know, that was before finals. And uh, it, it was great. You know, staff, students, uh, allies, everyone was able to come out and just support uh, questions answered if anyone, you know, had anything. I guess I'm the queer encyclopedia to some people on my, on my campus. I'm like, I know everything about everybody. You know, but it, it's, it's been great. But I can say that when you think of children who um, are transitioning or, or identify as trans or non-binary, or they're too young to understand, you know, and how can they be too young to understand? They know who they are. I was about five when I knew something was going on with me. And I tried to come out to my mom at 11 when I saw the women of Brewster's place. That's how old I am. I might just look. We didn't have much representation on right. TV. We definitely didn't have social media. Right. So no. when I saw that lesbian couple, I'm like, oh, right. I'm 11 years old. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> so if I can identify and tell who I am at that age, why can't kids at that age be able to know, like, you know, something's going on here? Yeah. Um, what I've been assigned at is is not assigned as is not who I am. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's huge. Just like you said, that that's huge. That education, that that you know, moving us to a space of 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 understanding and growth out of a space of fear. Because I know a lot of people, it, it's it's been a fear of 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 being admonished, a fear of of you know not being treated like like our peers because of uh, because we're different or because we have a different frame of mind that that's something that you know until until we can get past that we're, we're going to continue to be in this vacuum of of you know just pointing at you know or putting down people who are are different from who we are and and not embracing the the power of of what they bring to their community, what they bring to their jobs. You talk about the roles that you have. Rick, you say you're vital. You are a vital, essential part of your, of your um, job. This is your career. This is what you're yeah. good at. And, and it's a blessing that, that people don't take that for granted, that they value it, but that there are certain uh, you know, organizations that still do. And they miss out on on the the power they miss out all on on what you all bring to your various uh, organizations you know could they have done it without you maybe but they didn't have to no. they didn't have to you know they didn't have to make that choice and say well you know because you know rick is gay we're just not going to have him be at our job because we just don't we don't support yeah. that they look at your ability and they look at your value and they value that and that's what we all want we just want to be able to be valued for what we bring to the table you know, Ronaldo is wonderful at what he does. He is a dynamo. I am blessed to work with him. He's a, he's an awesome guy. He knows his stuff. <laughs> you know, but, but we we would never want to sit here and say, oh well, because he can't. No, sorry, you know, he can't come. He can't be here. It, it's about saying, okay, not not to say who we are. What can we bring? What can we do? How can we reach back and and, and help to support people? How do we move people from a space of fear to a space of under, understanding so that they can get to a space of growth so that they can reach back and bring other people? That's what we want to be able to do. That's what we want the focus to be on. We want the focus to be on what can we bring to the table? You know, you, you didn't go to school to, to, to be, you know, discounted because of, of, you know, the fact that you're gay or lesbian. Nobody looks at that. They, what, what do you bring? What can you what can you do to help to, to support? What can you do to help to encourage? What can you do to help to inspire others? You know, I think we're 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 blessed in that social media has come along and, and it has it has also given you know its own level of exposure, just like you said, shows like Pose and and people, you know, finally receiving accolades for their abilities to act and, and to do things like that. Yeah. You know, that that's been that's truly been the blessing when we can look beyond that and see what it is that we bring. What do we bring to our culture? What do we bring to our existence? And, and that's something that I think is going to be key as as we move forward. 
Yeah. Okay. Now, one thing that I did want to want to chit chat about because we have single, uh, we we have uh, <laughs> our singles here. We have our married, but we have our singles here as well. Yeah. How has the dating scene and, been oh for you guys? Have mercy. <laughs> Jump in, either one of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been rough. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when we were in just like a pandemic, it was like any conversation you was able to get from anyone would continue. It would be like, happy birthday or how's your day going or good morning, just because you wanted some interaction with someone right. outside of your home because you're talking to the walls. Um, <laughs> so it just continues to just um, communication, just like every day. Um, but it was a little hard because even though we would be in the Atlanta area and live probably 10 minutes down the road, it was not easy to just say, come over. Right. We were so scared. Right. So just getting to know someone over the telephone, FaceTime, and just text messages for like 50, 90 days in the first time you've seen each other, it was like we knew each other forever. Right. So right. when I look at it now, it's like, um, the first time we met was maybe like in May, um, the weekend after Mother's Day. And now we're going on, it'll be a year, August 28th. Okay. So I feel like it's going good. Um, just learning. We're still learning each other. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of like, I got to know you before we actually met. Right. Just like, like any other relationship. kind of like, oh, come here. <laughs> so we're really <laughs> people. Right. We're, we're, we like to love. I think that that's one thing about our community. We like to love. We like to give love and we like to receive love. Right. And be loved. So that's, that's right. Um, I guess, misjudged from others. Right. Right. Because everybody does. I mean, everybody, you know, relationships start like that. You know, with everyone, it's, it, it's a learning curve. You get to know the person. Oh. Just like you said, it's, it's difficult. Uh, I know in the Atlanta area, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. The, the dating scene is just like, you know, you, you, you roll the dice, you know, you hope that the person doesn't live with their parents, you know, and that's, <laughs> they're doing their own thing. Yeah. So, so it's not anything that's unusual, but I mean, just, you know, the dating scene in general, just, just valuing being able to go out, like you said, and, 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 and to, you know, have that human touch or, or to be able to just create those, those, you know, bonds and to begin and, and to build that relationship. I know it's it can be a challenge. All right, uh, Linky, that that leaves you, my dear. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I guess them lesbians didn't care about no pandemic, baby. Because uh, <laughs> this was about and, and it didn't even bother anybody. I can say for myself personally, I, I think I had a pandemic fling. I, I maybe that's what I could define it as a okay. pandemic. Uh, I was kind of in between relationships, mm -hmm. broke up with in a typical lesbian. Broke up with somebody right before the pandemic. Um, what I did notice a lot of the groups, because I'm in like a whole lot of Facebook uh, lesbian groups, a lot started doing um, Zoom, Zoom meetups, game, 21 questions, all these other things. And um, so a lot of people met and connected like that. I met and connected with someone like that, uh, went to visit did do the COVID test, like, okay, now I've been around you and coming back to my family. If we did have a child, we'd have messed everybody up. <laughs> we meet anyway. Let's go get tests and see, okay, you negative, I'm negative. Let's carry on, okay. you know, that type of thing. <laughs> um, so that, Lord, that went on a lot. But I think um, typically, and for me, I had been in a lot of long distance relationships. Mm -hmm. So the online stuff, that didn't change. Okay. Actually, having someone I was in driving distance of to actually go see you was the difference for me. Yeah. But I think now that things have opened back up, people have been vaccinated, um, you've seen a little bit more of the same. Yeah. Meeting online first. Yeah, we talking, having these long conversations. Okay, let's meet up somewhere. You, you've been back. Well, I will ask, have you been <laughs> vaccinated? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wearing my mask I will have my mask on right. you know uh that's what we're doing so I didn't I didn't really see much for the exception of folks who may have liked to go out into the clubs right. and do some right. and I'm an introvert so I was okay I know there were those who were extroverted that like that 
they need that, uh, being out and moving, 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 that uh, they they found some difficulties. But like I said, I don't, some of them age man's child ain't for real. It's just but it's like I said, I think the, the dynamics, you know, I said all that just to say that the dynamics of relationships have changed in that as you are moving into, as people are dating and moving into more serious relationships, the, the options of talking about having children, like, like the Rick's talked about and, and, and being able to, to change the, the family dynamic is something that's different because because it's possible. Whereas they said it wasn't at one point, you know, it wasn't something that was thought of. And, and now we're seeing so many people who are who are adopting. Uh, you know, I have a um a uh, group of friends who have uh they have a six-year-old child. One of them was, you know, inseminated and was able to have uh, to have a child. She, you know, they chose which one of them was going to give birth and they had a child and that child is now uh, six, seven years old. And, and, you know, where at one point that wasn't a possibility. Now it is. So it's a blessing when, you know, you can, uh, you know, now have that option of being able to create a family unit and not be limited because of the fact that, you know, they're, they're saying that, that, that you can't, or that, that there aren't possibilities for for healthcare and things like that that are coming down the pike and so I think that we're moving in the right direction you know but there's still a lot more that needs to be to be learned a lot more that needs to you know to come to fruition now I know that we're we're getting close to to the time uh to the end of our show but I wanted to ask you all individually you know what are some things that you are doing in the now since this pandemic hit you know it's been hard on everybody but what are some things that you've been doing to navigate in this space? You know, even as we're coming out of it, there have been some things that you may have learned uh, during this pandemic. Okay, anyone want to start? Uh, I would just say me individual, individual, I have learned to love myself more. Yeah. I've learned to tell people I love them, um, spend more time with my family. Um, I think that my family's been blessed that we haven't lost anyone during the pandemic, COVID-19. So Anytime I can go home for Christmas or a holiday, I'm driving four hours to South Carolina because family is so essential now, and it's sometimes it's all you have. That's right. That's right. And now. All right, Lanky. I can't say, child, because my dating life had been such a disaster. It, it forced me to really look at myself, and I joined a shadow work group. And what I've been doing is learning more about myself, uh, self-love, uh, healing. We always talk about healing, even as a therapist, you know, I'm helping everybody else. And I've learned how to help myself to know that I can't do this alone. I need someone to help keep me accountable and help walk with me through this whole process. Mm -hmm. So having a greater sense of self, yes. really understanding uh, who, what, when, where, how, and why within me Right. has been truly helpful in the time that some of that downtime, you know, yeah. that I've had has afforded me the opportunity to look inside, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and, and just before I get to the Ricks, you know, you, you make an excellent point, Linky, because, you know, people assume that because, you know, you understand who you are or you understand that there were differences at a young age, that that automatically makes you a person that is clear on every other aspect of your life. And that's just yeah. not, just like everyone else. You still have, like you said, shadows, things that have happened in your past that you still have to address, things that, that you still go through. You still you know, have, have times of insecurity about other things. And that that's not your entire existence. That once you say, okay, you know, I, I, I feel like there's something different in me that all of a sudden now you're you're completely cured of anything else that ever could happen in your life. And you can never be more wrong about that. You know, there are still things that, that you have to deal with on a daily basis, just like anyone else. And you know, and that and that's what people, you know, there's there's no definitive lines and you're different and that this is your experience and there's no one else. You still experience some of the same things that everyone experiences every day. So, you know, it's really a big point. It, it, it's a point, you know, just like Ronaldo said, you don't take it on and off. It's not something that you wear. This is who he is. Not, it's not a lifestyle, like you said. And I'm going to remember that, Ronaldo. It is not a lifestyle. It is, it is who you are. 
Period. You know, I don't put my black on and take my black off at night. You know, <laughs> not to change that all. You know what I'm saying? We we are who we are. You know, and 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 all we're trying to do is is navigate in this life. Okay, Ricks, what are some things that you all are doing? Well, I was just going to kind of say it's kind of like what what Rick just said. It's it's not our lifestyle. It's our life. That's right. This is our life. This is yeah. how we live. And yes, there are differences about us, but but we're all basically the same. We want to love. We want to be loved. Okay. We want to be accepted. You know, so, but as far as living in the now, I, I feel very lucky to have Rick by my side. I don't know how I would have dealt with all this being alone because I like to be social and I like to be close to friends and talk and get together. And I'm not real computer literate. So I call people on the phone and I love to talk to people on the phone. He's old school. But I want to get together and, and and touch and hug like some of you were talking about. So I feel very lucky. I think it's, if anything, maybe brought us closer, even though we haven't gotten to spend as much time together. Mm-hmm. It's been important time. And we're very thankful to have each other and not go through this alone. Right. But you also, you, you, he went home to take care of, hang out. Well, I won't say take care. He went home to hang out with his mom from right. for Thanksgiving to Christmas. The most important thing for me Unfortunately, I lost my job, uh, but my mother is about to be 95 years old. Wow. And I didn't see her. We didn't see our families for about 10, 11 months last year, which is rare. And I've never gone but three or four months to not go home and spend time with my parents. And, wow. and now my mom is alone. My sister's up there, but she still lives alone. Right. And of course, during the pandemic, she was really alone because nobody could come in and, and all of that so it was really important for me to go home and spend quality time with her because she's getting older things are getting tougher yeah. and uh, As I it told- was just very very uh, important yeah. and very meaningful for me to spend a lot more time with my mother back at the holiday for about a month and a half and I just got back yesterday yeah uh, I was up for about two and a half months. Yeah, wow. Just being with her, doing for her, making life easier for her, and just trying to make her happy. Yeah. And like I was telling you, he gave his mom the gift of freedom and independence. Yeah. That if she needed something from the store, she could look at him and say, can you get me this and this and this, instead of waiting for somebody to come by. So he gave her that for, you know, almost four months, you know, here and there. So I was, you know, we were, he was with his mom. I was alone, but I was working the whole time. Right. So yeah. for me, I come home. <laughs> and he can fend for himself. <laughs> it's like, you'll be all right, TV dinner, cook. <laughs> That's fine. I can cook. Ronaldo, I can cook. We can cook. We can. <laughs> they will come over and have a dinner with you. Some, oh, and there you, you know. go. Hey, look. Yeah. For, for me, it was, like I said, it was working. It was just doing stuff. I would, I dog sat for people, you know, made a little extra money. Um, I think for us, the first time we went up to go visit our families was in October of 2020. Yeah. So 2020. And then it was, you know, getting tested and then making sure, do we wear masks? And got to his mom's house. It's like, oh, take the mask off. Are you, are you, are you negative? Yes, we're fine. Okay, good. So it's that. Go to my mom. My mom's a cancer thriver. So that was, you know, making sure, do, do we wear the mask? And I started wearing the mask. My mom's like, take the mask off. I just want to get a hug. Right. So my parents right. still, even though you're not supposed to hug or do I, we broke the rules. When we, I drove him back up in at Thursday in Thanksgiving, um, Thursday, November, November of 2020, and then drove him back up and then drove back here. And then when we had Christmas with his family, we all sat in our little pods. And we, once again, his mom's 94. She's like, I don't care. I may not be here next year. We're having Christmas dinner with the family. Right. She goes, we got to do that. So everybody sat in their own little pods. While we were talking, we had our masks on, except for the little the little kids. Right. But we had to do something because what if this was his mom's last That's Christmas? Right. What if it That's was? Right. We don't want to feel like we missed out. We did not do mm. You know, we listened to Dr. Fauci to a point. We, but we right. wanted to still be a family and be that close knit family. We went home to my family also, <laughs> and just the yeah. same thing. You know, we yeah. we grew up three hours apart from each other. 
So it's very easy to do both families at the holidays. Right. We start on, I'm with his family until the 26th. And then the 26th, we drive up to my family, which is just right. three hours up in Westchester County. Right. And then I got home for Passover. I've been, I've been commuting back and forth to New York yeah. every six weeks. Wow. So it's wow. been just to go home and see the family and come back. And then we're, we are actually taking off to go back up for another two weeks to visit the family again. Yeah. He drove back so he could just drive back with me. Yeah, it's I guess, I guess I would say, or we would both say that the pandemic really emphasized for us how, yeah, how important our families are to That's us. It. They always That's have it. been, but it's been a challenging time and we've just made the most of yeah. our time with our families. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my, like I said, my mom's a cancer thriver. She's in remission, but you never know. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. Like, oh, guess what? It's back. Or, oh, guess what? She's got multiple myeloma, which means it's right. still in her body, but it's under 5%. So they call that remission or something like right. that. Right. So I just want to be there. I don't want to have, as I tell him, I don't want either one of us to have regrets about anything. That's right. That's right. You know and why? That, I, I was going to say that, you know, and it's huge that you say that because when we talk about it, you know, we don't know. We all don't know how long we're going to be here. This pandemic oh. has taught us that we don't know the day or the hour, you know, yeah. when, when our life may be taken from us, the life of a loved one may be taken from us. And now, you know, because this pandemic has not, uh, you know, discriminated us against us oh. due to race or age or anything, that, that now it's more important that we keep those ties together. And, and I say all that also to say that, that even as a community, as a people, you would think that this pandemic would have pulled us all together and not cause any type of divides because yeah. of the fact that that you know our, our lives can be lost in in a moment's in a moment's notice. So why are we not seeking to to pull together, to understand one another, to to love on each other, to support and encourage each other, and and not cause any divides? Because like I said, we don't know how long we're to be here. Yeah. And so it's important that that not only that that we reach out to our families, but that we reach out to each other, and, you know, and to and to see the value and the worth and who we are as individuals and what we bring to 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 our to our communities to our world, you know, so that that way we're we're doing things that are going to to bring us all to a, to a space of of peace. You know, I always say that you know I'm looking to always seek for us to be able to cope and that's the, that's the acronym for create our peaceful existence how can we go about coping as a society you know and I know that we've just touched the surface we just barely scratched the surface on on pride and and on all the things that we're doing but but we got an opportunity to talk about just the things that are going on in our lives on a regular basis yeah. that make us human and that's what's important you know, so I, I hope that we'll have an opportunity to continue the conversation, to continue to talk about things that are going on around us, that we're aware and that we have an openness and a willingness to learn what's happening around us and not to, to make any judgments, but, but to come to a space of understanding. So before we wrap things up, I just want to know if anybody else has any last minute things that they would like to leave with our listeners, any parting words that you'd like to leave with our listeners before we go. Peace and love. I didn't hear you, Ronaldo. I'm sorry. Just be you. Be you. Be you. And I know Rick said peace and love. Yeah. That's it. It's all about love. And I say be open. If you have a friend or loved one that's in the community, be open. Be an ally, you know, and educate. I think education uh, is key. Education is key. Okay. There's nothing like that. Well, I'd like to thank you all for joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for Thank you. for taking time out. A quick shout out again to Rick. It is his birthday, and I Aww. thank him emphatically for being here. I love you with my whole heart. We're gonna get together. Okay, we're gonna get together soon. You know, hey, there, there's something with an umbrella and it got my name on it. So we're gonna get together, <laughs> <laughs> gonna get together and, and celebrate. But I, I appreciate you taking time out. You guys have a safe trip back home seeing your families and like they said love on each other let's love on each other okay let's do what we can to to you know continue to to grow and to continue to 
to educate and to continue to, to lift each other up because that's what it's all about. Okay, and again, I, I say thank you to, to each and every one of you. And that will do it thank for you. this edition of the How Now podcast. And until I see you all the next time, we say peace. Peace. <laughs> peace. <laughs>